Matthew 6, verse 25 through 33. That's where we're going to be this morning. And um, that's Matthew 6, 25 through 33. And while you do that, I want to introduce to you a day in the life of a worrier. So you wake up and you roll out of bed and your neck feels a little funny. You immediately worry that this could be a cancerous tumor or the beginning of a chronic neck issue. You then walk downstairs only to be met by your kids who are screaming bloody murder at each other and you're convinced that you are an utter failure as a parent and wonder how in the world you will make it through the day. You then proceed to get in your car to go to work. You forget to put your seatbelt on. And then you remember as you're on the highway to put it on. As you slip, slip the belt over your chest, you, your mind immediately wonders to what would have happened had you gotten into an accident without your seatbelt on. You arrive at work only to be met by a boss who is unhappy with a project that you thought you totally knocked out of the park. And you immediately worry that you are in the hot seat and may lose your job at any minute. Over lunch, you decide you need something to get your mind off of your impending job loss, so you quickly open your Facebook page, only to be met with news that your best friend from college just lost his job, and your uncle has contracted the coronavirus. You finally arrive home after an already stressful and anxious day. To unwind, you turn on the TV. As you flip through the channels, you are hit with word of rising sea levels that will soon envelop the entire East Coast. A global pandemic and election click chaos. You quickly turn it off as fast as you can, but not before your mind has been given to anxiety about the world around you. And you think, how am I going to raise my children in this crazy world? Finally, as you slip into bed, you roll over hoping to be consoled by your spouse, and your spouse rolls over at the same time and tells you, you know, you've seemed kind of distant lately. Now, I'm sure all of us have found ourselves in one of these situations at some point, in some way. If you haven't, I would... I invite you to come up after, after the service. You can share your secret with all of us um, after the service. I think it's safe to say that anxiety and worry have found their way in, into all corners of our lives. And it's safe to say that worry is one of the most common sins that we deal with in our day-to-day lives. So, real quick, before I go any further, I'm you may be given right now to think, to think this. Think, oh my goodness. He's going to talk about worry for the next 30 minutes. And I just know after that, I'm, I'm going to end up worrying about my worry. Brothers and sisters, I'm here today to tell you that there is hope for your worry and anxiety. You have a heavenly father who cares for you. He cares for you so much that he sent Jesus to walk on the earth. And this Jesus was tempted by the same things that you are tempted by, including worry. Jesus knows that we struggle with anxiety and worry. And he addresses it in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, 25 through 33. 
He addresses our worry and anxiety not because he wants to give us a bunch of rules to live by, but because Jesus wants to call us to something greater than just worrying about our everyday lives. So, with that in mind, let's read Matthew 6, 25 through 20, or 33. Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This morning, I want to give you four reasons to not worry. Four reasons why we should not worry. Reason number one, we should not worry because we have a heavenly father who will always provide for us. We have a heavenly father who will always provide for us. So we have a, um, we have a command here by Jesus in verses 25 and 26. He says, do not be anxious about your life. And he gives us three essentials to our everyday life to not, uh, lives to not be anxious about. What we eat, what we drink, and what we wear. These are three things that are pretty important to everyday life. You all would agree that we need food, we need to drink, and it's good if we have clothes on our bodies, right? I mean, yeah. So what we eat. Do not be anxious about what you eat. You know, as a culture, we are obsessed with food. We get crazy over food. We like food. We're even worried about what happened to our food before we eat it. We like to drink a lot of different drinks. Think about coffee for a minute. Think about all the different drinks, our coffee drinks at Starbucks. You know, there's up to 42 coffee drinks at any given time can be on a Starbucks menu. And of those 42 uh, Starbucks drinks, they can all be customized, like a hundred different ways. And people get really mad when they don't get their perfect customized Starbucks drink. How many people do you know, myself included, who if they don't get their coffee in the morning, not only will they worry about what the day will be like if they don't get their coffee, but they will turn into a not-so-happy person to be around without their coffee. Or what we wear. Maybe, maybe you're the kind of person who has to have a name brand um, piece of clothing on. Or you have to have the name brand every time you go out. Now, this is not something, Sarah will tell you, this is not something I really struggle with. But I know some of you probably do. 
And I'm sure you've heard the saying, clothes don't make the man. I, I, was, I have to share this with you. Mark Twain would disagree with this, okay? Mark Twain was quoted as saying this about clothing. Clothes do indeed make the man. Naked people have very little influence on society. <laughs> so obviously Jesus is not saying to not wear clothes. We know that. But he is saying to not be anxious about your clothes. He's saying don't put what you wear, don't put what you drink, don't put what you eat above, don't make them bigger than they really are. Shouldn't put these things above your life. Maybe you're thinking right now, well, I don't really worry about those things. I'm pretty content. You know, I eat soup five times a day or five times a week, not a day. I don't really care what I wear. Maybe it's not one of those things. Maybe it's, maybe it's fear of man. Maybe you want to fit in everywhere you go. Maybe it's your transportation, your cars, your house, your, your friend situation. In a way, I think Jesus here is giving us a reality check. It's like he's saying, hey, I know what you eat, drink, wear, your car, your house. Those are important things in life, but they shouldn't define your life. You're called to something greater. You're going to hear me say that again and again today. We are called to something greater. He then says in verse 26, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Think about the birds for a minute. Birds fly from tree to tree. They're able to pick berries off of the trees. They eat insects out of thin air. It rains and worms come up and they just eat the word, worms that come up. I doubt a bird spends his, um, at night, worries about how he's going to get food the next day. He just does it because God provides. Think about a squirrel. Last time I checked, squirrels don't plant trees. Last time I checked, squirrels don't have acorn farms. God created the trees that produce acorns, and the squirrels eat their acorns from the trees, and God gets the glory. The squirrels don't worry about it. They just get the, get the acorns. God provides for the birds and the squirrels and the animals, and God provides and cares for us. Jesus, Jesus says, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than the birds? He asks us a question, and the answer is a resounding Yes. In Genesis 1.27, we read that human beings were created in the image of God. We're valuable. Animals were not created in the image of God. God sent Jesus to die for the human race. He didn't send Jesus to die for animals. We are valuable to God. We are loved by our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father knows us. Our Heavenly Father has a perfect love that far exceeds the best love of any earthly father. Your Heavenly Father knows every hair on your head and every thought in your mind. He is all-knowing and all-powerful to give you exactly what you need. And He knows what you need more than you know what you need. So why do you worry? There's no need to worry. Jesus is calling us to something greater. He's calling us to replace our worry with thoughts of a heavenly father who provides for us. This leads us to our next point. 
We should not worry because worry will never change a single thing in your life. Verse 27 says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? So I think this is a really simple yet profound truth. Think about it for a minute. Worry is not going to change anything about your life. Worry won't make us live longer. No one ever goes through a difficult situation and thinks, wow, the worry I did really brought me through that one. Thanks, God, for, for worry. I guarantee you that you've never thought through your past and said, if only I had worried more. And what doctor goes into a room with a patient and says, well, things look pretty bad. We're going to have to worry more. No. Worry won't change our lives. Worry will never make things better. Corey Tinboon, a Nazi prison um, camp survivor, had this to say about worry in our everyday lives. She said, worry does not empty tomorrow of sorrow. It empties today of strength. Worry does not empty tomorrow of sorrow. It empties today of strength. Our worry doesn't make tomorrow better, and it certainly will not help our todays. In Jeremiah 10, verse 23, we read that God directs the steps of man. In Psalm 139, verse 16, we read that God has our days, knows, numbers our days before we're even born. God has our days planned out and we don't. We do not direct our own steps. God does. God has our lives planned out. I think in a way, we have to come to the realization that we're, we are somewhat powerless over our lives. We can't control everything. But we do know the one who does have the power and does control all things, including our lives. So let's focus on him. Jesus is calling us to something greater. He's calling us to not focus on our day-to-day -day lives, even though those matter, even though those are important. He's calling us to focus on the Heavenly Father, on a God who has planned out our every step and knows our every need. He's calling us to something greater, to focus on Him. This leads us to point number three. We should not worry because God is God. Verse 28 says, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So we should not worry because God is God. Okay, so Jesus gives us another picture here of the beauty of his creation. 
God cares greatly about his creation. Lilies are beautiful. Flowers are beautiful. Jesus says even, even Solomon, the richest man in the Bible, was, doesn't compare to my creation, to the beauty of my creation. He says, I care about these things. I care about the, I care about the grass. I care about my creation. And all, I care about you all the more. But then Jesus takes a little dig at the, at the end of verse 30. He says, O you of little faith. So what's Jesus getting at here? It says, if Jesus is saying, hey, this God, this God, the one who created everything, he will take care of you. Why do you doubt? O you of little faith. It's as if he's saying, why do you question my character? When you, when you doubt my character, or when you doubt God's character, when you worry, it's like you are doubting God's character. In a way, our worry is an insult to God's character. We're doubting his character and promises. It's as if we're saying, God you're not in control, and I don't believe you will take care of me when we worry. Our, our worry doesn't point the world to amazing, an amazing God. It points the world away from God. So again, Jesus is calling us to something greater. Jesus is calling us to trust that God is who he says he is. God is God. His promises are true. He's calling us to, <coughs> excuse me, to believe the words found in Lamentations 3, 22 through 24, where it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. sounds really simple, but let God be God. Trust his character. He is who he says he is. His promises are true. He's calling us to have faith and trust in his person. How is everybody doing? I just have this random thought. Um, for those of you who don't know, I was a PK. And um, my dad would just randomly, during the middle of his sermons, he would just have everybody get up and, like, like turn around in a circle in the middle of his sermons just to keep them awake. And I had just had, for the split second, I had the thought of doing that, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, my goodness. All right, rabbit trail. Back on it. Don't worry. This leads us to our fourth point. We should not worry because we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Verse 31, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows 
that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We should not worry because we are citizens of the kingdom of God. So in all of these things, let me remind us, Jesus isn't saying, hey, you're not allowed to enjoy eating food, or you're not allowed to enjoy drinking a drink, having a nice pair of clothes, having a nice car. He's not saying that. He's reminding us that the earth, the things of this earth aren't the end all, be all. In verse um, 31 through 32, um, we read, he, Jesus again talks about, don't be anxious about what we eat or what we drink, what you, what you wear. Those are things that he mentioned back in verse 25 and 26. So why is, he, why is he repeating this? It's because of what it says in verse 32. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. The Gentiles are the ones, the pagans are the ones that focus on these things. Pagans are worriers. Pagans have nothing to look forward to beyond this life. So they do everything in their power to enjoy everything this life has to offer. Jesus is calling us to something greater. Jesus is calling us to enjoy the creation of his Father in heaven while on earth. Yes, enjoy it. But the Jesus follower realizes that we are just pilgrims passing through. The earth is not the end all. The joys of the earth, the goodness that God gives us here on earth is not the end all. They're passing away. The Jesus follower keeps a laser focus on the end game. Hearing those words, well done, good and faithful servant, you may enter into the joy of the Lord. He doesn't just say, hey, don't worry because worry is bad. He says, hey, I know you need food. I know you need drink, something to drink. I know you need clothes to wear. These are important. I've got those. I'll take care of those. You don't need to worry about those. Jesus is calling us to look beyond what we need to stay alive, what we, what we, beyond what we need to just live. He's calling us to something greater. We are citizens of a kingdom, the kingdom of God. He's saying there's more to life than just staying by are staying alive. The Gentiles are obsessed with staying alive. Jesus wants to replace our pagan pursuit of just staying alive with a heavenly pursuit that is so much bigger. Jesus is saying, I want you to be consumed with my Father's kingdom. I want you to be consumed with the rule, with God's rule and reign over your church, and over your family. I want you to be consumed with the nations, with the lost. 
hearing of the saving knowledge of of the gospel. I want you to be consumed with that. I've got the rest. Don't worry about the other things. I've got them. So, in closing, when you're tempted to worry, remember that you have a heavenly Father who will always provide for you. That heavenly Father has a perfect love and care that is far beyond what an earthly father can offer. Our heavenly Father is all-powerful and perfectly able to keep, perfectly able to keep, help us in any way he sees fit. Our Heavenly Father values us so much that He sent Jesus to carry our burden of sin and worry. Remember that your worry will not fix anything in your life. When was the last time worry fixed anything? We are powerless, but we know the one who is all-powerful. God has had our days planned out from before we were born. He will lead our steps. Remember that God is God. When we worry, it's as if we are calling into question the character of God. It's as if we are saying to a lost and dying world, our God cannot supply our needs. Jesus is calling us to something better. He's calling us to trust and have faith and let God be God over our lives. We should not worry because we are citizens of, of, of the kingdom of God. We shouldn't be overly concerned about what we eat or what we drink or what car we drive or what house we have. Those are things that pagans are concerned about. We're children of God. We're just pilgrims in this world passing through. We're called to something bigger than just staying alive. We're called to be obsessed with the kingdom of God, have a focus on the kingdom of God. Jesus wants to replace our pagan pursuit with a heavenly pursuit. He invites us to be consumed with his kingdom, not this earthly kingdom. So, and um, I just want to leave us with this today. It's kind of on a, on a personal side. Um, it's not necessarily named in the text, but... Um, I think it could be helpful for us. Another reason to not worry, um, something that's become very apparent to um, Sarah and I over the last year and a half. So in May 2019, our son Silas was diagnosed with um, type 1 diabetes, as many of you know. Over the last year and a half, um, we, especially my wife, have experienced a lot of worry and anxiety. Sleepless nights, watching blood sugar graphs, Low alarms and high alarms, up and down, waking us up at all hours of the night. We've had to hold our, hold our little boy when his blood sugar is low and he's unable to move. And we, were, and we realized that apart from a miraculous miracle, Silas will, will have to deal with this for the rest of his life. It's, it's really easy with, with a sickness to let worry and anxiety reign in our home. 
really easy to say, well, what if he goes low and, and his alarm doesn't go off on his phone or, or we just don't know and it can feel helpless at times. And honestly, it would be really helpless without God. So this, this trial has allowed us to see more than ever before that this earth is broken and really messed up. But it's also caused us to long for heaven like never before. Because in heaven, my son's going to be given a new body. In heaven, worry and anxiety will be no more. In heaven, there will be no more broken, brokenness. So, again, brothers and sisters, may we long for our heavenly home. where our true citizenship lies. May we fix our eyes on heaven, where our worry and anxiety will be no more. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you um, for just this brief time that we've had to be reminded about how you speak to anxiety and worry. Lord, we thank you that we have a heavenly Father who cares for us, who loves us, who knows exactly what we need, even when we do not know what we need. We thank you that you remind us in this passage today that worry will not fix anything in our lives, will not change a day of our lives. We thank you that you have our steps, um, you know our steps from the beginning of creation. We thank you that you are God and we are not. You are so far above us and beyond us. You're all powerful. You're able to do anything you want. We thank you that our true citizenship is not here on this earth, but it's in heaven. Pray, Lord, that we will long for heaven, and while on earth we will be obsessed with your kingdom and making much of you. Pray that you'll help us with our worry. Pray that we'll meditate on who you are and what you've done. Pray that we won't be condemned, but we'll lift our eyes to the one who has took, taken on our condemnation on himself. We will not despair, but we'll lift our eyes to Jesus, who's made an end to all our sin. In Jesus' name, amen.